Welcome back to this week's episode of the SeaTown Podcast, where we invite on Seattle area business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the SeaTown Podcast is brought to you by SeaTown Real Estate. Their mission is to make an impact by embedding excellence and giving into everything they do. Visit SeaTown.com. That's SEA-town.com to see how their unconventional approach and community partnership with local nonprofits are making a difference for their agents, their clients, and their community. Experience the difference with Seatown Real Estate. Welcome back to the Seatown Podcast. Today I am joined by Tony Burleson, the owner of Dark Timber Coffee. Um, I was introduced to you via my dad. Uh, I guess you guys met through some um, some angling and yeah bha event yep and yeah. uh you know hunting hunting group so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about uh, about dark timber and uh and what you guys do there dark timber uh, is a local coffee company uh, we started we launched back in may of 2017 um, we specialize um, predominantly in like back country backpacking coffee okay um, now we do have like a regular bag coffee like 12 ounce and you know that kind of stuff but um, what really sort of kicked us off was what's called our ascent packs so they're like a single serve fractional packaging Um, you know you can grab you can get some and you know uh, grab a handful and throw them in your backpack Mm -hmm. and then once you hit the trailhead you just know that you know you have uh, good coffee ready to go sure so it's not instant coffee so you're still going to brew it Right, so it's not um, sort of like a dump and stir style sure. coffee, Starbucks via kind right. of thing. But and what it is is, you know, it's 100% arabica, especially great coffee. We hand source all of our coffee that we buy okay. um, from small estates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're a very farm direct uh, coffee company. Okay, I've been in the coffee industry for about 15 years. Um, before I launched Dark Timber, I was the master roaster director of coffee for a larger coffee company here in Seattle mm-hmm. so uh, I brought a lot of that expertise and and uh, relationships and things like that with me to uh, Dark Timber Coffee okay now with Dark Timber Coffee there's um, a conservation component to it mm-hmm. so we're very big proponents of conservation public lands conservation public wildlife conservation so a portion of all of our sales gets donated to organizations that we stand behind, BHA is one, Uh Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership is another one, Uh, locally Wild Steelhead Coalition, uh, we stand behind them. Um, So we're really trying to make an impact in what we do um, beyond just some trailhead management things, you know, stuff like that. So Cool, I like that. Yeah. Definitely in line with what I try to do in, in my business, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I wish more companies did it. I wish more companies actually took a stand and would do things like that instead of you know seems like it's becoming increasingly more popular maybe it's as like more millennials that have more of a impact social Mm -hmm. you know uh consciousness are getting into business or something how can i leverage this business to not only make a living but to make impact beyond right because like you know for instance like public lands if you know if those ever went away what would you do i mean like where would you recreate you You know until they're not available right you would go to the king's forest right you would pay the king to step foot on his forest and and go do your hiking or or whatever you know if those go away like specifically you know in the last couple years we've been dealing with the transfer of lands to 
federal lands to states. Okay. Right. So federal lands get transferred to states. States typically are going to shut them down and sell them off, mm. right? Because they can't really have a deficit. They have to balance the, the books, right? Sure. So they they tend to liquidate these these public lands, and they become not public anymore. They become yeah, okay. you know shopping malls and sure. giant complexes. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't even really aware of that dynamic. Yeah, not a lot of people are. Yeah. Yeah, in the hunting and angling community, um, it's very in the forefront. Like they, um, that, you know, that community is, is in the forefront of fighting that, sure. that transfer. Sure. So, That's yeah, great. It's, okay. it's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, going back to kind of the, the business, you know, coffee side of things, mm -hmm. um, what was kind of the big impetus for going from, you know, where you were roasting to mm -hmm. starting your own, own thing? Yeah. Uh, obviously what you've got going on is pretty, pretty niche as far as, you know, single right. serve. Yeah. Kind of backpack oriented. Yeah. Very niche market. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a roasting company before I went to the, the company I had before this okay. or worked before this. So um, I wanted to get back to that, right? So I wanted, it's not that I didn't have control of what I was doing um, and what we offered, but it was just, you know, I it didn't, it, I couldn't fully express what I wanted to do mm -hmm. through that sure. way, right? So after 11 years of being with them and being at the helm of that, you know, it just, got to the point where, you know, I just, I needed to go out and strike out on my own. Yeah. You know, I needed to do these things that I felt were important. You know, the, the, you know, making an impact with public lands and public wildlife and trying to preserve that for our children and our children's children, mm -hmm. you know, because we're just renting it, you know, um, was very important to me. Yeah. You know, and, and it just, that stuff wasn't getting done where, where I was at. Sure. Okay. I can definitely relate to me. And I, in, in my space, you know, I could have, kept selling homes, but I, right. I only had so much latitude to really <laughs> do what I wanted to do, you know, right. within a, a franchise right. or something it's else's just, business. It, yeah. it just wasn't feeding that part of me, right? It was, it's the coffee roasting side, the sourcing side, the traveling to origin and, sure. and meeting farmers and doing farm assessments and doing all those things. You know, I love doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing that, but it just, there's that other part that just wasn't, sure. wasn't there. And you can do it personally, yeah. right? But I think as this company grows, it's going to have a lot more impact than if I was just personally doing. Sure. You're able to scale it and scale it. Yeah, touch more people's sure. lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, when you started Dark Timber, what was kind of the biggest change or, or surprise for you from what you knew about roasting to, okay, now it's my own business. I've got to get everything set up. Uh, maybe some things you weren't expecting. Yeah. Uh, all the different hats was the biggest thing, you know, you know, being a director coffee master roaster for so long, it's, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, you've got a lot of other help, mm -hmm. right? But when I started Dark Timber, wasn't very much help beyond myself, yeah. right? So the, the social media part of it, I'm not good at that stuff, mm -hmm. right? But then I had to learn it, right? And sure. it's just like sort of um, staying on top of it, never letting it get stagnant, making sure that the content is what people want to see. Like I didn't know that kind of stuff. So that was the biggest change for me beyond outside of roasting and doing all that stuff because that's stuff that I love and I've been doing it for a long time. So that much wasn't too different. Yeah. But that extra couple hats with the social media part of it, the customer yeah. service part of it, and all that stuff was a real eye-opener. Sure.
you know. How did you get to a place of being able to kind of balance all that? I mean, it's you've got the the roasting which you mm -hmm. know and have been doing, but then you got all these other hats, and then you've got your passions yeah, for conservation and hunting. Yeah, I split it up. Um, if you look at it like in a day perspective, I split up the day. So okay. then I'm like, you know, we're roasting and packaging all this stuff in this part of the day, and then mm -hmm. this part of the day is dedicated to social media, and it's I had to like sure. make a schedule of it. Do some time blocking. Yeah, because if I yeah some time block. If I didn't do that, it was like this whirlwind, like this tornado of yeah. things that I needed to do that were kind of spinning over my head, and it's just like trying to grab one out of there and do it. It just wasn't working. You know, sure. things were falling to the wayside. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. So how'd you come up with the uh, the name Dark Timber? Yeah. So it happened a couple of years ago. Uh, I was in the northern panhandle of Idaho hunting elk. Okay. And. I was playing this cat and mouse game with this bull, right? So, you know, I'm calling, he's calling, but we're playing this game where we're staying 150 yards apart, right? Because he's moving to his bedding area. He's got his cows with him. And okay. we're, I'm calling, he's calling. He's like, I'm here, I'm here. You know, don't come over here. And I'm, you know, bugling at him. He's yelling back at me and they're going to their bedding area. So we're working down this ridge and finally I'm kind of, just let him go, right? I'm like, I know where they're going to be. I'm just going to let him go. And I'm sitting there. And I always keep my essentials with me. My coffee stuff, right? My, my, my backpacking brew kit. Sure. So I sit down on the, you know, lean up against this tree. And I'm just kind of sitting there. And I'm sitting in this very dark forest, right? It's the bottom of this ravine sort of down this this ridge there's like no sunlight in there and it's cool and it's dark and there's a lot of dark timber around and as i'm sitting there making my coffee it just dawned on me right dark timber coffee that's where the name came from okay yeah um on, on a more personal level do you uh do you have family in the area or i have a lot here? of family here so my family's been here um since I think they got here in the 30s. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we had family here in West Seattle, a Crimpin' mm -hmm. Italian family. Okay. Uh, and then family over in, uh, like, Genesee area, mm -hmm. Columbia City. We used to call it Garlic Gulch. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> there, so, uh, yeah, been here a long time. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, since you're, you know, kind of a long time, long time local, when you have, uh, when you have, Friends, you know, visiting in the area that they've never never been here. What's what's like your favorite place to, to take them, or what do you what do you like to to do? What do you share with them? That's so Seattle. Seattle, Seattle, and like proper nowadays. Like you know, we might go down, and you know, they obviously want to see those iconic things like this, like the Space Needle. Sure. You know, maybe EMP. You know, but you know, in reality, we tend to do less things like in the downtown area, mm -hmm. right? So take them more to see like the natural beauty of the city sure. right so like outside the city yeah. there's lots of things to see if they've never seen a giant waterfall take them to Snoqualmie Falls mm -hmm. you know and they can see that and they're always wild at that especially if it's a high water high water day yeah you know um, and then you know taking them across the the sound there to the the peninsula sure. jump on a ferry and go yeah to the 30 yeah. minute ferry and it's yep. a different world over there right. so yeah that's kind of the stuff they want to see you know little a lot of people that come here, they, they're from the city mainly, so they're, they're used to city stuff. Sure. You know, so you show them that, those iconic things, and then the, what they really want to see is like that natural beauty, those emerald green rivers and right. those snow-capped mountains, the Olympics, and the, 
and the cascades that are sort of mirrored to each other, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Going back to the, the business stuff, you know, if you had it to do over again, what would you do, do differently? That's a tough question. Um, I wouldn't do much differently. Um, there might have in the beginning been some production changes, okay. right? So with dark timber, we like to roast to order, right? So we want things as fresh as possible, okay. right? And especially with those scent packs, those, those single serve packets. Those aren't, those aren't like sort of mass produced by us and stuck on a warehouse shelf. Mm -hmm. You know, we make those to order. So okay. we put a production order together, a production gotcha. sheet together every day and we, we roast them and package them and, and do all that stuff. So um, what I probably would have changed is sort of how we went about those ascent packs, production of those ascent packs. Because in the beginning, it, it got so busy so quick, we were like, holy moly, you yeah. know, and we're a couple weeks out, and, you know, there's a few customers that, you know, might have wanted theirs a little bit quicker, so we had to communicate sure. that to people. So. Sure. What, what's the main uh, mode of, of getting business? I mean, how do people order their ascent packs? Uh, you can go to darktimbercoffee.com. Okay. Yeah, and you, you can go, go through our or lineup of coffees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have a retail space or just online? We're just so online. No so I just have a roastery, you know, a little, you know, a roasting facility mm -hmm. and we have packaging lines. We do all that stuff. You know, coming from that like brick and mortar cafe side for so long, mm -hmm. there's so many things and don't get me wrong, they're great. Cafes are great. I yep. love them. Uh, but for me now, there's so many things um, that I felt were not something that I wanted to do mm -hmm. anymore, right? So like being stuck in one location, one anchor point, yeah. you know, like, you know, the brick and mortar, tons of overhead, you know what I mean? You're paying for all this stuff and, sure. you know, and you have to build that price into your products, right? right. You all of a sudden start to get really expensive and you're pricing people out because you've got to pay for this expensive retail location. And, yeah. and then you have to, and then you have to, you know, employee with employees, yep. you know, and the vendors and the utility team, all these things that, that get built into your product price, right? Mm -hmm. So I took a step back and, you know, I said, well, let's just try this without a brick and mortar shop. Let's okay. just try this online. So from the get go, that's kind of your idea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're, we're moving into wholesale now. Okay. So very strategic about it though. Okay. We're, we're not, this isn't an open door. We don't right. have a salesman knocking on everybody's door. It's, it's very strategic on you know, where we're going to place the product in terms of wholesale sure. or retail. Sure. So we have two other products coming out within the next couple of months that are pretty cool and they're, they're different than the SM pack. So okay. uh, those products are great for like, you know, like REI style stores yeah. and, you know, maybe some uh, Cabela's and uh, you know, outdoor, you know, recreation stores, things yeah. like that where you can just grab some and go. Um, and then we want we would like to have the whole bean coffee and stuff in, in, in retail outlets, maybe some cafes, um, maybe some lodges. Okay, sure. Do really well with the product. Yeah. So. Okay. You said you're being very selective about, you know, where you're going with yeah. that. What, what, what are kind of the, what are you looking for in a coffee shop or? or We're looking for competency in product, right? So mm -hmm. I could, we could roast the best coffee, source the best coffee, yeah. you know what I mean? Pay so much attention to the development of that coffee and the roasting, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, everything is perfect. And then it gets to that end user, right? That barista. Yeah. And if, if those proper practices aren't there and those philosophies and the way coffee is extracted, right. it's all of what you've right. done before that doesn't matter anymore. Right. Right. And then that, and then that customer, 
is going to think, well, I don't like that coffee. They think it's the coffee. Sure. Right? So it's just prepared poorly. Yeah. Prepared poorly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could take the best, let's say, steak, for instance, the best cut of steak, and you could overcook it. Oh. It would taste like a $2 piece of meat from Safeway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, the sacrilege. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of that same thing. So yep. there's a lot of companies out there that are just like, it's a tonnage volume thing, right? right? So they're going to drop their prices down and they're going to spread that coffee out. Yep. So we're different approach. We're going to be very selective on who offers the coffee. Sure, makes sense. And then on the on the back end of that, there's going to be a lot of sort of training okay. right, to make sure it's up to par. Sure. So that's something I did for a long time too is, Product training, competition barista stuff. I yeah. do that. Hmm. Okay. Um, what would you say? You know, the past was kind of holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur, from from launching. The security, I think, it was the biggest thing, right? So, you know, and you just kind of get used to that, right? Sure. And then you, you always think about it. You're always kind of dreaming about it the day you're, you're going to go off and do it. But it's like. The, the unknown keeps you from doing it, right? Right, And, you know, I had a new baby uh, in February. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And it was kind of now or never, yep. right? So I, I just had my daughter, and I was like, you know, if, if I don't do it, it's never going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And get stuck into the dad life. Sure. And gets, you know, and just never leave this thing. So I yep. uh, had to make the jump, and I had to do it while... Being a dad is still relatively inexpensive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's the main way you're kind of getting the word out there? Uh, obviously, you've got connections in you know, the hunting, fishing mm -hmm. world. Is that a big part of it? or? Yeah. So uh, the main thing that we're, the main sort of uh, way we get the word out is through Instagram. Okay. Instagram is the number one for us. Like, we have a Facebook page, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't produce like Instagram does. And there's some guys that are better at it than me, right? Some guys, sure. it's flopped. Like, they don't do much on Instagram, and most of their business is, is Facebook. Sure. And I, those are the guys I want to talk to because I have no idea how they're doing it. Yeah. Right? So, you know, like, say if we, we, we put up one picture, you know, for instance, you know, the, the response to that thing is, you know, 300 or whatever, you know, people are liking it, impressions are in two, two 3,000 right. pretty quickly. And, with Facebook, it's just sure you know the different strengths, the different platforms. You have to find yeah, where, yeah, where and I think it's be, yeah, yeah, it's because of who we're targeting right. is the reason why you know those are that that sure. a, that avenue is so popular. Yeah, and yeah, I think the cool thing is right with Instagram is because of you know like our our market um, and and what these people do in terms of recreation. It's very beautiful stuff, right? Sure. So they're outside, they're yep. taking pictures, and they're doing all these things that's very visual, visually pleasing, and they want to see that stuff when they go to the, you know, onto the internet yeah. and, and whatever social media site they go to. So I think sense. it's pretty powerful, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as you're starting your business, what was some of the best advice you've ever received? Listen to the market. Okay. What's, yeah. what's the market been telling you? Market's been telling me to come out with some more products that okay. are uh, a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What What are those new products? Can you talk about those yet? Yeah. It all depends on when this podcast is going to come out, but it will probably it'll probably come out about a month from. Oh yeah, today, perfect. So. We can totally talk about okay. it. Okay. So uh, right now we have our scent packs, which are like think of like a mini French press. 
Mm-hmm. So like it's 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 like making a French press, but you're encapsulating the coffee in okay. a filter paper, right? Uh-huh. It's fractional packaging. So you're gonna like put it in your your cup. You're gonna pour your water, and you're gonna brew it just like a French press. Okay. The only thing you're not gonna do, you're not gonna press it, huh. right? Okay. You're just gonna take it out. We leave them in. We don't we don't take them out. Sure. Just more soluble is better. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so we have that product. Then we have what we're gonna call our gravity pack, mm-hmm. right? Which is gravity coffee. So instead of like full immersion coffee like a French press is. Mm-hmm. You're going to have um, a gravity pack, which is kind of goes over your cup. Okay. It's right? kind of like and a pour-over type thing. It's a pour-over. Okay. It's a backpacking pour-over. Sure. That's right? how we brew at home. It's amazing. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. Right? You go to my kitchen, it's like a lab. Yeah, yeah. Like commercial espresso <laughs> machines. I have full siphon bar. Yep. You know, I have Chemexes. I have, you know, yeah, REOV60s. I yeah. got all that stuff. So. Yeah, we've become a Chemex family. Yeah, that's all I do. I made yep. Chemex before I came here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we had that evolution from the, you know, Mr. Coffee to the, like... It's funny how you graduate, right? right. You, like, graduate we did up. the French press for a while and, and then found out about this Chemex thing. Like, I don't know, something about brewing and glass. Yeah, and, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really... The one thing that... Uh, I, I love the Chemex. One thing I, th- I would change about it, mm-hmm. I would put turbulent ribs in it. So add okay. some turbulence to it. Sure. So what happens with the with uh, Chemex is that the filter sucks into the side of that glass because it's smooth right right and then you're only brewing right at the bottom yeah, okay mm-hmm. right so you want kind of if you look at it, like a hario v60 cone yep it's got those like ribs in it okay so it makes it turn well yeah it's, but it like pulls the filter off the side so oh, then the, the coffee's actually coming out the side the cone, so. yeah okay. so it's not like kind of backed up mm-hmm. but it makes a great cup of coffee the nice thing you can do with it too is you can you can control your extraction rate okay right so in a perfect world, what you want to do is you want to match the inflow to the outflow, okay. right? So that water level stays consistent. It's just constant. Okay. It sticks right there. It's not going up and down, up and right. down, up and down. Grounds get cold, grounds get hot, grounds get cold, grounds get hot. So it's just, you know, you keep it right at one level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I put it on a scale so I know how much water I'm putting in there, right? So then you can start doing your ratios. Sure. Um, Sounds very scientific. Yeah, it is. Once you start playing with ratios in coffee, it gets, sure. you go down that rabbit hole sure. of really starting to get nerdy with it. Right. Well, I mean, you don't become a roaster and like not care about science and chemistry. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah gram weights, water yep. ratios, things like that. Got yeah, it. it really it really matters. I mean, in terms of espresso too, a lot of people think you just put grounds in a port filter and slam it in a machine and there you go. And there's, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of ratios going on in sure. terms of espresso too and how you dial it in for that day. You know, if it's a rainy day like this, it's going to pull in moisture. You know, you're going to use a little bit less coffee. Sure. What would you say is a personal habit that contributes to your success? Well, you already mentioned hard work. But yeah. Is there I mean, another habit? Yeah. I mean, hard work and drive uh, and just a love for what I'm doing. Sure. You know, this isn't just something where I'm like, I could see a dollar out there somewhere. Like, if there's a dollar sign over there, I'm going to chase that thing. Right. This is this is what I love to do, mm-hmm. and this is the life that I want, and you know that's the biggest driver for me. So it's not the money part of it, you know. That's just a way to keep me doing what I like to do. Sure, and you know, easy to do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. So it's just the the love for what I'm doing, and I started at a young age. You know, I made my first latte when I was like eight or nine, mm-hmm. maybe younger than that. Family deli on Dearborn. Okay, you know, so. It's it's been a passion for me for a long time. You know, yeah. I bought my first espresso cart when I was nineteen. Okay. You know, a young young entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been in a long time. Been out there hustling. It's good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Giant hustle. You know, as you're continuing to run Dark Timber, are you? I, I assume you're still the, the primary one doing the roasting and stuff. Yeah. Have oh you yeah. 
the roaster that we roast on is uh, a antique roaster. Hmm. It's a really cool roaster. Okay. It's belt driven. Uh, yeah. Not a lot that? of belt driven roasters yeah. out there anymore. Um, and it's it the amount of um, experience and know how to be able to roast on that kind of machine that doesn't mm -hmm. have, you know the updated things and computerized and automated computer plugins and, yeah. and graphs and sheets on a laptop sitting next to it mm -hmm. that most roasters and most roasters have these days you know it's it, it's it's tough sure right so we're very analog in the way we roast coffee it's sight smell sound mm -hmm. you know we know what that coffee's doing um we're constantly looking at it looking at the development you know and, and that to be able to translate that to somebody so that, that, you know, almost two decades of knowledge of roasting and coffee to translate sure. that to somebody is, in, is very difficult. Right. It takes time. Yeah. So, and finding the right individual where, you know, you're going to invest in that person, yeah. you know. So it's not, you don't, you're not just hiring bodies. Right. You know, we need help, yeah. you know. So if I find that right candidate who's got that right drive mm -hmm. and, you know, wants to do this and it's, it's something that they really want to do, then I would definitely start that process and sure. getting somebody else for us. But for right now, it's, it's you know, it's me. Yeah. What's, uh, what would you say is kind of next for, for Dark Timber? I mean, with uh, your facility and, you know, the, the old school roaster and stuff, you guys have capacity to, to grow? We do. Um, we, we definitely have capacity. On the, on the single serve side of things, that's tough. Because, you know, like I said before, we roast to order. So... Yeah. Um, you know, that would have to change a little bit on how we do things because um, it takes a long time to create those. You know, mm -hmm. we don't, you know, we don't have these, you know, machinery that you just kind of load coffee into and it out pops these things. I mean, sure. they're, these, all these things are hand built. Okay. Um, but on the wholesale retail bag side, there's, there's room still. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what we're going to go after, you know, we're going to start pursuing that sure. wholesale side. Um, you know, in the beginning I didn't. I didn't really want to do wholesale because that's a that takes up a lot of time, mm -hmm. right? And you have to sell a lot to even make it sure, worthwhile. Margins probably yeah, they're never, a lot smaller, yeah. you know. And you know, if you get an account and you know they buy a one five pound bag a week, mm -hmm. you know, you start filling up with those ones. It's hard to it's hard to you know keep the doors open doing that. Sure, um, you know. If, if we pursued it more, we'd probably up our production in terms of roaster size and mm -hmm. things. And once we do that, and then we have a, a roaster. Right now, we're roasting on a, a 10 kilo roaster. It's actually okay. a little bit less than that. Max is 10 kilo, but it doesn't do that much. But um, we would up the size of the roaster, and then we okay. would have some real room to to grow with. Sure. Okay. Um, so as we kind of wrap up the uh, the episode. Do you, uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that you listened to some podcasts. What, what are your favorites? Yeah, so uh, my favorites right now, so I was listening to this before I came here, the Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan experience. Yeah. So on my phone right now, what I've listened to mm -hmm. uh, is the Joe Rogan experience, the Gritty Bowman, okay. uh, Hunt Talk Radio, Kafaru Cast, Meat Eater. It's probably one, Joe Rogan experience and Meat Eater are probably my top two. Okay. Just because of the, the guests and the, the topics that they talk about. So mm -hmm. it's not your average like hunting or angling podcast where they're just talking about those type of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a wide um, range of topics that they go over. 
in those podcasts and sure. they're really interesting in terms of like a like a biology side to wildlife or wildlife issues or um, in terms of a meat eater pro- po- podcast mm-hmm. with Stephen Ranella who's local here okay I think he's in uh, Magnolia uh, what's he who's he what's he doing Stephen Ranella uh, he's part of meat eater or okay. he is meat eater oh I gotcha uh, so he's the, the podcast host or whatever yeah oh, him and uh, Giannis Patelis uh, they're sort of his, his co-host, uh, he's always got some, some characters that are pretty frequent on the show, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, but, you know, they talk about, you know, not only a hunting side or angling, you know, food preparation, because, you know, that is food. You know, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people acquire their food. They don't like buying food at the, at the grocery store, like meat. Sure. Like their, their meat comes from a wild source, uh, yep. like he used to. So they go over, like, you know. Uh, cooking recipes and how to take care of it mm-hmm. and you know lately they've been talking about really like sort of upscale dishes okay. with it yeah. um, so shanks and you know things like that some charcuterie stuff mm-hmm. with the meat and it's pretty yep. it's pretty neat stuff so okay. even if somebody's not interested in hunting or in that side of it just listening to it it's pretty pretty interesting yeah you know, so i'd encourage them to listen to that kind of stuff okay yeah sounds sounds interesting like, it really is yeah my, my my dad who is always sharing with us you know his, yeah his recipes for yeah you know, your dad did and elk and, yeah he yeah. did good this year yeah yeah i don't he's uh he was hunting grouse where i usually hunt grouse and it's tough there but yeah. I think he got a he got a few in there yeah which is pretty neat he yeah. got an elk this year yeah i think, I think it's his elk. first first year yeah yeah, Colorado. I'm, I'm pretty brat, proud of him. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty proud of him too. <laughs> Can you share with us one piece of parting guidance uh, or words of wisdom for our listeners? If you have that fire inside you that you want to go and do something different, I would, in terms of what you do for a living, or you know, just try to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Like that I said before, you know, I was kind of stuck in that groove right and trying sure. to get out of that groove is really scary it's very comfortable that, with those grooves. it's super comfortable but you don't you don't achieve a lot sure. right personally you don't you don't achieve much um and you know you're always kind of working to make somebody else better mm-hmm. right so the company you know that's always kind of the company first and you know once i stepped out and started our timber it was you know, dark timber first, me first, my mm-hmm. family first, and I wouldn't change that for the world. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back. Sure. You Once know. you get a taste of that freedom and what you can, yeah, the potential yeah, and stuff, it's, it's hard, to, exactly. hard to go back to Exactly, and it's like the, the decisions that you make, you know, are impacting your outfit, your sure. family, you know, instead of what's better for that company bottom line for the investors yeah you know, what do the investors want to see and like doing that sort of puppet dance mm-hmm. um, it's nice f- to be free from sure. that yeah it's so if you have that fire inside you i would say to to try to make it happen yeah you know it's scary i mean it really is you know not knowing where that first dollar is going to come from sure you know before you even launch like you know not one dollar has come through yet that's that's a scary feeling right you know um but once it starts rolling, you know, and it starts kind of getting momentum, you know, that that 
fear subsides a little bit, always keep it there, right? Because that keeps you driving. Sure. It keeps you hungry. Always you get complacent and lazy. Don't get complacent and lazy. <laughs> yeah, right? You start, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's that's kind of detrimental to what you're trying to do. But, sure. but yeah, it's, it's hard, but it makes you happy. Yeah, I definitely think that the trade-off for the trading the, the comfort and security for the yeah. potential and building something yeah. yourself is... That paycheck, you know, you just get comfortable getting that paycheck. And sometimes, you know, right now you don't, you might not get a paycheck. You know, bills have got to be paid first and vendors sure. have to be paid first. And you just got to believe in yourself and, and know that, you know, it's going to come down the line. Yep. You know, all that hard work you're, you're putting in right now, that's just investment. So look at it as investment. Don't look at it as I'm working for free. Just that's your investment into the company, and you'll get paid on that investment at some yeah. point. Yeah, for sure. Um, if our listeners, you know, want to try out your great coffee and uh, support what you're doing, what's uh, the best way to do that? Uh, you can find our coffee at DarkTimberCoffee.com. Okay. Yeah. So you go there, and it'll say like Get Coffee. So you click Just that click button. That button. Okay. Get some coffee. Well, thank you for your time today, Tony. Uh, hopefully our listeners will go check out Dark Timber and uh, buy some of your scent packs. And Yeah, appreciate your time. I appreciate being here, man. It's fun. Yeah, good times. Awesome. Cool. That wraps up this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast. Make sure to check out our guest's website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they're doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here or has a story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A-town.com. I would also be honored if you could go to iTunes and give us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content, and getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well on iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show as well. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage and our unconventional approach can help you with your Seattle area real estate needs or other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com, S-E-A hyphen town.com. Today's intro and outro music is brought to you by the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. The Seatown podcast creator and host is Christian Harris. You can listen to more episodes and find our show notes on our website at seatownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media Production. What kind of coffee do you like? Uh, I like dark stuff. Like dark? Yeah. yeah. So you'll like, uh, like either a Colombian Supremo, which we take a little bit darker. We have a Stealthy Hunter blend that we take pretty dark. Okay. We won't take it like super dark. Yeah. Just because the coffees that we buy, are, they're specially great. So when you roast them darker, you're, whatever made those coffees great, right? Mm-hmm. And they're still going to be good as dark coffees, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to use that higher grade coffee to roast. Gotcha. You can for go, darker you roast. Go a little lower grade. Yeah, for yeah. Okay. So the coffees that we buy are really pricey, and they're and they're really nice. So we yep. won't take them like to that like. Oily I like French. Mediums. I like mediums too. Mediums are great. Yeah, yeah mediums are good because like and I always try to rice. recommend those to people first. Yeah. I'm like, try you know, try what's called a full city or city roast. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're you're caramelizing all those sugars within the coffee. So the coffee's at its sweetest point. You're not getting that smoke overtone of a okay. darker roast, right? Where you're gonna like mute or like you mm-hmm. know mask over any subtle flavors that that coffee might have. So like makes it specific to the area that it's grown okay right so like if you're talking about an heirloom yurgachev right you're gonna have that like floral sweet fruit 
right? But if you roast it dark, you might have the sweetness and a little bit of that fruit left, but that those delicate flavors are going to be lost. Sure, with that makes coffee. sense. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I guess I just assumed that uh, you know I generally go for dark. You know. Like yeah. No, a lot of people, I go for stouts and you know what's funny. And, and I, yeah. Kind of circling back to that listening to your customers thing, <laughs> like we in the beginning didn't have a dark roast <laughs> because I you know I never really. I never really roasted one, right? Because of that, because yeah. of buying the nicer coffees, and you're just, you know, you're just roasting away whatever made that coffee great, yeah. you know. Um, but listening to the customers, and they're saying, "You want dark coffee? You want darker?" And now we're like kind of getting into that realm. Mm -hmm. So we'll take it in terms of roast, you know, profile, uh, color profile. We'll take it like almost to French roast, so it's sure. not like, we call it sweaty coffee. Okay. So like, it's got the like glistening oil all over it, mm -hmm. right? So uh, we take it to like almost that point and then we'll like end, end the, the roast, right? Okay. And we'll cool it down so yeah. you don't get that sweating. What happens with that sweating is, you know, that oil comes to the surface and that's, that oil goes rancid once it hits oxygen, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's kind of like putting stale coffee in a bag right when it's roasted. Sure. Right, but we take it almost there, which gives people that like sort of darker flavor that they sure. like. It's not sure. super smoky, but it's yeah. not a middle roast. Hmm. Yeah, I learned so much on this podcast. Yeah, 